Hello out there. We are on the air. Welcome back to the ADH Sats radio channel. Welcome to the daily Bitcoin journey. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good morning, Rumble. Good morning, YouTube. Welcome again to the Bitcoin journey. This is an actionable discussion for Bitcoiners and for future Bitcoiners. I think that's the new tagline for the show. Let me know what you think. Actionable discussion for Bitcoiners and future Bitcoiners. We got a good show today. I was thinking about this all day yesterday and last night. I got a bunch down on paper. I got a bunch down on blankslate.io. And I think that, I don't know, I'm, I'm somebody who listens to Bitcoin stuff, watches Bitcoin stuff pretty much all day long, you know, while I'm working while I'm doing almost anything. And so I take a lot of stuff in and then I kind of connect the dots in my own head, regurgitate it a little bit. But this one is a little bit different, I think. And it has to do with the supply crunch. But first, let's talk about the metrics, the mempool first. See if I can get this going. So this morning, we are at block height 819897. And for those new to Bitcoin, that is the amount of blocks that have been mined since the Genesis block back on January 3rd, 2009. So 819,000 blocks. I was thinking about what it's going to be like to get to a million. I think that's going to be a pretty big milestone. I don't know when that is, but it feels like it'll be a pretty big milestone, the millionth block. So this morning, fees are soaring again. Five blocks go, you were paying 193 sats per V-byte. Right now, it's 144 sats per V-byte, but it doesn't look like it's slowing down at all. So that is not good news for people who are looking to move Bitcoin right now. Good news for the miners, though. Let's see what the miners are earning right now. So the last block that was mined, the lucky miner, Antpool, they earned their subsidy of 6.25 Bitcoin plus the total fees of 1.47 Bitcoin for a total of 7.7 .7 Bitcoin. That's pretty, pretty good. What about this one with uh, 193? 6.25 plus 2.113 for a total of 8.3. So the miners are doing pretty well right now. Let's look at the metrics for the day. I did see that Bitcoin touched 42,000, but at the time of putting these together, it was at 41,891 US dollars. This day last year, 2022, the price of Bitcoin was $16,966 US. Four years ago in the Bitcoin cycle, December the 5th, 2019, the price was $7,414. If you got one US dollar, also known as Moscow time, 2,300 sats you can get for one US dollar. In Canada today, it is beautiful. I didn't even open the windows this morning. It's too dark right now. But I think we're like two weeks away from heading back towards the, the summer, the sunshine. But uh, in Canada, you can get one Bitcoin for 56,755 Canadian dollars. 
And if you got a loony kicking around, you can get yourself 1,700 sats. A toonie will get you 3,500 sats. So let's talk about, we got no news today because nothing is going to be, I got my Bitcoin orange hoodie on today because I'm pretty bullish on this theory that I'm about to show. And I knew that it was going to be, I didn't really put all the pieces together. I knew that it was going to be, you know, the Bitcoin price would do what it does after the ETF gets approved, but I never really considered everything happening at once. And so that's kind of what I'm going to go through today. And so the theory that I'm about to talk about here is based on a couple assumptions. I guess I didn't need to take this off here. Two assumptions, pretty simple. First assumption is that the B the Bitcoin ETF will get approved eventually in the US. And I think if you're listening to this or anybody out there, I th other than this fella run over, I guess ETF will be denied and we will see a huge dump. That's not this theory. <laughs> this theory is that the Bitcoin ETF will get approved. And the reason why I think it will be approved is because these people know what they're doing. This isn't their first rodeo. They've been in this game for a very long time. And usually when stuff like this happens, it's it plays out similar. And that's kind of what we're seeing now. There's about 10 institutions who have applied for this uh, Bitcoin ETF. Gary Gensler himself has started to give out different changes and essentially the answers to the test. That's what uh, another guy that I follow, Ben, that's what he says. Gary Gensler has been giving these institutions the answers to the test on how to get this Bitcoin ETF approved. So I don't know when it will be approved, but I think that it probably will be. So that's the first assumption. The second one is that the Bitcoin price will go up once it has been approved. Pretty simple. Good morning, Adam. My guy. I got I got a nice King Golf hoodie for you. It's probably going to be sent here in the next couple of days. So here is kind of the time, or not the timeline. I guess the timeline. <laughs> but I wanted to keep things really short, simple, and easy to follow because it's easy to get mixed up and confused and over technical with this kind of stuff. But the main theory here is logic and how I think this is going to play out is this. So kind of where we're at right now is that the slow climb has begun. And I don't know that you'd call it a slow climb because this year alone, we've seen the price of Bitcoin go up 150%. But nonetheless, the slow climb has begun. And at this point, Rich people do not care about Bitcoin. And the reason why I say that, and I, the reason why I believe that is because they don't have Bitcoin. If you don't hold any Bitcoin, you don't give a shit about Bitcoin. That's just how anything is. And so we're still at the point now where the rich people do not care about Bitcoin. So the next stage here is that the ETF gets approved. Could be any day now. Most people are calling for early January. Usually when people are calling for things, it doesn't happen that way. So I'm expecting it either before Christmas or a little while longer into the new year. Once that happens, I believe the buying frenzy will begin. Once once the rich people can get access to Bitcoin in, a, in an easy and convenient way, 
I think that the buying frenzy will begin, which will inherently shoot up the price because the supply and demand, demand goes up, supply is not going up, and therefore the price should go up. And as this happens, as more and more money starts moving into the Bitcoin ETF, that means it's coming out of other places, whether that's bonds, stocks, real estate, whatever that is, the capital is going to start moving out of those asset classes and into Bitcoin because this new capital coming into Bitcoin when the ETF is approved isn't just going to be created or earned. It's going to come from somewhere else. And so that's a big part of this is that the capital is going to move from other classes into Bitcoin and kind of how all this is happening and where we're at right now, we're at 42,000 US. The all-time high is 69,000 US. And I think that the, ma the majority of people, the general public, whenever they think of Bitcoin, they think of 69,000. They think of the all-time high and because we're not there yet, people are still hesitant. They think that, you know, that's just how human nature is for some reason. They don't see it as it's on sale. They see it as it's not as valuable, which is crazy. Because if you had your favorite sweater that's worth a hundred bucks and all of a sudden it was only worth 70 bucks, you would see that as a discount, as a sale. You would jump on and buy that sweater. But with Bitcoin, people think that it's less valuable just because the price is lower. So we're kind of going in the perfect order right now because right around this time, right around this time when the ETF gets approved, I'm thinking the price will be around all-time high and when that happens everybody else is going to get in on it so the retail is going to get FOMO the fear of missing out and so that's going to drive up the price even further and so then these new Bitcoin investors the people who recently bought the ETF they're going to see their investment in Bitcoin in the ETF going up while capital continues to flow out of these other markets so they're going to see the price of their new investment in Bitcoin going up while their other investments, whatever that is, stocks, bonds, you name it, are going to go down because capital is flowing out of those classes. So what are they going to do? They're going to call up their investment advisor. And what are they going to say? Buy more Bitcoin. Then what? Then what happens? The halving. The halving is expected to happen in April 2024, which is in three or four short months. And what happens with the halving? The supply gets chopped in half. And I think that the majority of this Bitcoin that's going to flow into the ETFs is going to be from the miners. So when that new supply gets chopped in half, that's a big problem for them. So that begs the question, where is the Bitcoin coming from? We see this huge demand. All of this is demand going up. But what about the supply? Where is this Bitcoin supply going to come from? Because we know that there is a fixed amount of Bitcoin, 21 million, that will ever exist. So what happens? And here's some math just kind of uh, just showing the supply crunch that I believe is going to happen. So currently there's 19.5 million Bitcoin that have been mined in those 819,000 blocks. 70% of that Bitcoin has not moved in over a year. And that's a big deal. 
So that leaves approximately 6 million or 5.85 Bitcoin available or unlocked essentially. And currently there's only 1.8 million Bitcoin left on the exchanges, as we'll see right here. So I wish this, I wish this chart was a little bit longer term, but this is kind of what I could find this morning, but it still shows a pretty good picture of what's happening right now. So the green here is the supply on exchanges. The gold is the price of Bitcoin. So we kind of saw a decouple here back in September where the price kept going up while the new supply or the supply on exchanges continues to go down. And as the price goes up, as demand goes up, what do you think is going to happen to this supply on the exchanges? It's going to get drained. So that's, that's Bitcoin. That's kind of where we're looking at right now. That's what we're focused on. But I want you to think about, because this is essentially just a theory. It's just a, a thought experiment that, uh, that I had and that I like to do. And just kind of play things out in all areas of it instead of just specifically focused on Bitcoin. Because how will this be different than other asset classes? So if you think about it like gold, if the price of Bitcoin or of gold shot up, which it did, it's gone down since, but say gold went to $100,000 US next week, what would happen? Well, they would mine more gold. There'd be a whole bunch of gold mining companies pop up. They'd head out to the mountains and they'd start looking for more gold. You'd start seeing people taking their gold fillings out to sell them. Everything would happen. And my opinion here, and I don't know, this is maybe a conspiracy to, th to some, but I believe that there's way more gold on earth than anybody can even imagine. And if you look at places like California in the mountains, if you look at the Grand Canyon and how protected those areas are, there's so much gold out there. It's very abundant. So what would happen then? All the gold would start being mined or, or brought to market and supply would go up to meet the demand. That's with gold. With stocks, what usually happens if the price goes up and the company's growing and they want to expand, what do they do? They just issue more stock. With land, although you can't create new land, you can't just print land, there are significant costs associated with the buying and selling of real estate and land. You have fixed annual costs, you have the property taxes, you have maintenance, you have all that kind of stuff. And if you're renting it out, you have to worry about finding tenants. You also have to focus on your local geographic market. So the demand isn't going to be as high. It's not a global market like Bitcoin is. And the last part is the government regulation. So if somebody from Bermuda or Africa wanted to buy a chunk of property or China in Canada, they have to jump through a bunch more hoops to be able to to purchase that property compared to Bitcoin where anybody on earth has access to it for the most part. And the key here is that you cannot create more Bitcoin. It doesn't matter how many people want it. It doesn't matter. None of that. It doesn't matter what the price is. None of that matters. You cannot create more Bitcoin. So you might be thinking if the price runs up that high, as high as I'm thinking it will, then people will start selling. The people who are holding it now will start selling it. And that is a realistic assumption. There's no doubt. 
because there's lots of people. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that a lot of the Bitcoin holders who have been in the Bitcoin game for a while are fairly fiat poor, fairly, not, you know, poor, but most people hold their wealth in Bitcoin. And so they have bills, they have these things to pay in the fiat world. So they might start selling some of their Bitcoin to cover some of those costs or the debt that they incurred. And that will happen. There's no doubt about it. Plus, with the economy, everything happening in the world right now, inflation, people will sell some of their Bitcoin. But I think for the most part, they'll hold on to the core part of their Bitcoin. Because those who are in Bitcoin right now understand the value of it, understand what they're holding. And yes, 100,000 Bitcoin might look nice, but it's nothing compared to where it's going to go. And I think that most people share that, that sentiment there. So for myself, I might end up selling a small portion or the mining stock or whatever that may be, but there's no way I'm going to touch the other 95% of my Bitcoin um, stash. And that's why I say Bitcoin holders are different. Most Bitcoin holders currently are the younger generation. They're thinking more long-term. They're not going to sell their Bitcoin to, to BlackRock just to you know buy a new bike or something like that. There's, we're thinking long-term, we know what it's worth, and we're. I think that most people are going to get some sort of pleasure from watching these big institutions squirm trying to get Bitcoin. And I think that that's where the real shift is going to happen. And if you compare that to gold, the older generation, the people who are holding gold right now, they've been waiting for gold to, to soar for years and they're kind of closer to the they're in a different stage of their life cycle so if that happened to gold say the the price did shoot up to a hundred thousand bucks next week the majority of them would start selling their gold they'd keep some but i think that because they've been waiting for so much longer they will think that this is gold's moment i'm going to sell the majority and then a whole bunch pours onto the market the price comes back down and maybe that's what happened yesterday when the price of gold came tumbling down just as fast as it went up. So that's kind of the difference there, I believe, between Bitcoin and the other asset class that it's competing with right now. And so the moral of this theory, the moral of this story is that I believe things are going to happen fast. And so with that in mind, if you believe that theory, if you share the same ideology as that, then you should be buying as much Bitcoin as you can before BlackRock. The four Bs, I should add that in here. Buy Bitcoin before BlackRock. Get in the game. Reach out to your financial advisor or whatever kind of setup you have. Find a way to get some Bitcoin. And even if you don't have the time or the energy to actually buy some physical Bitcoin, or not physical, but actual Bitcoin, and keep it in cold storage, if you don't have the time to go through that, at least get the ETF, get the Canadian ETF before this all happens. And the other part of this is do not buy Bitcoin after the ETF is approved because it's going to go up fast and there's going to be a whole lot of stuff happening, but you never want to buy when it's running up because whenever something runs up, it always comes back down. And so get as much as you can don't buy Bitcoin after the ETF is approved. 
other than your usual DCA, if you're somebody who buys every week or every month, hundred bucks worth, keep doing that obviously, because that's the purpose of the DCA. Um, and then wait till the next cycle, because this cycle is not going to be any different than the others. There's going to be a lot more happening in this one, but it's going to run up and then it's going to come crashing down. The question is, is how low will it go next cycle? And kind of my theory on that is that I don't think it'll go below 69,000. I don't think it'll fall below last all-time high for the simple reason of how humans think. Because if if they realize that it was at 69,000 before all of this happened, before all this institutional money came in, then it's definitely worth that. It's definitely that valuable after that's happened. So that's my theory there. And like I said, there will be a crash, but then we'll do it again. We'll do it again in four years from now. But this time with governments. So I think that this cycle is going to be the institutional cycle. And then for the 2028, when that rolls around for the halving, I think it's going to be the governments. And we've already seen governments. We've seen El Salvador. Argentina has been talking about it. There's a few other countries. I forget how to pronounce that. Madeira? I think it's Madeira. But those are small governments. I'm talking big governments. And what about Qatar? That's another wrench that's been thrown into this mix because there are rumors, and they are just rumors, that the Qatar government is planning to buy $500 billion worth of Bitcoin. Wouldn't that be wild if they did that before BlackRock's and the institutions? And imagine what the what $500 billion flowing into Bitcoin would do. Because even Michael Saylor only has, what, 1.4 or 146,000 Bitcoin? I don't know what that's worth, but it's definitely not $500 billion. So that's something to consider there. Governments will be next. So that's the theory. I'm interested to see what everybody else thinks. And, you know, I'm not... I'm not the smartest person ever. This is just kind of my logic following what I think will happen based on other aspects around here. Um, and it, But if you have your own theory or if I said something wrong, I'm more than willing to, to listen to that. And that's what bothers me about kind of the, the world that we're living in right now is that if somebody doesn't agree with your opinion, you just shut them off. You block them, you mute them. And I think that that's kind of how we ended up where we are right now is just lack of debate. So if I said something wrong, or if there's something I'm missing here, let me know. Let me know in the comments, send me an email. I'm open to this stuff because that's how, you know, things move forward. So with that, I think we'll leave her there today. This was a shorter one, but I think that uh, hopefully you got something out of it. Keep in mind, uh, Thursday, I've had a couple of emails roll in so far, which is good. But Thursday, we're going to do a Q&A. You can talk about mostly Bitcoin, I think, but anything. If you have any questions, if you're trying to figure something out with a device or an exchange or whatever that is, or, or this theory, um, send an email to 88sats at proton.me. And on Thursdays, I'm going to start doing a Q&A show. So I'll take any questions if there's any in the comments, but mostly from the email. So that is today's show um i don't know i never know how to end these shows <laughs> so we'll shut her down thanks to everybody who 
is in the chat this morning. I appreciate you guys and girls showing up on YouTube Rumble. And uh, we're going to keep doing this. I've been having a lot of fun doing these, just running different thought experience like this or experiments like this. And at the end of the day, we're just trying to grow this, push adoption, move towards a Bitcoin standard because it's it's so easy to see how much different the world would, would be um, if we're living in a Bitcoin standard. So that's what we're going to do. So if you're here, make sure to like the video uh, because if if you're not, if this video is not being seen to certain eyes, they're going to be seeing other videos like the the shit coins, the casino coins. So we want we want people talking about Bitcoin, the true value and the the proper aspects of Bitcoin. So hope you have a great Tuesday and we'll see you right back here first thing tomorrow morning. Bye bye.